Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real south, but you can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit deeper because you got thick skin. Welcome into After the Snap. My name is Blake Ferguson, long snapper for your Miami Dolphins. I'm here with my brother, Reed Ferguson, my co-host, long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. Reed, what is going on? What is happening? Uh, All I have to say is winter is coming. Winter is coming indeed. Unless you live in South Florida, it is still like 90 degrees outside right now. Yes, Yes, winter is coming. I'm looking at my weather app and it's not supposed to get out of the mid 50s for a while. That sounds incredible. And it is a big reason why I'm looking forward to coming to Buffalo this weekend. Get a little bit of a cool off on the weather. Yep. But another thing I'm excited for is on this particular podcast, we will be interviewing long snapper for the Los Angeles Chargers, Matt Overton. But before we do, let's do a little bit of a week seven recap, shall we? We shall. This past weekend, we hosted the Atlanta Falcons here in Miami. We did not come out with the win, but I was happy to have mom and dad in town. And fortunately, we had some good weather. It was supposed to be raining pretty much the whole game. It did not rain one single time. And as a long snapper, that's about all you can ask for. That's huge. We were legit showing like the last real rain game on film in some of our meetings to just give guys an idea of, of the, the type of downpour that can happen in South Florida because the rain here is a little bit different from the rain in other places. Yeah, I, I was able to watch um, a good chunk of the game and I did happen to notice uh, just knowing from playing there you know, a handful of times that you can get those rain showers that last, you know, like a quarter and then they disappear for the rest of the game. Uh, and I noticed that it was dry for, like you said, pretty much the whole game. So good on you. Good on you, Miami and mother nature. We were actually on by this week. Uh, so that's the reason I was able to watch to tune in and watch, uh, y'all's game on Sunday. Uh, Mr. Fresh legs, Mr. Fresh legs. Yes. Um, Pretty cool. It's, it's it's always weird on the bye week to watch, to kind of sit back and like watch football on a Sunday. You never really get a chance to do that. So just watch like flipped on a one o'clock games and then the late afternoon games and just kind of hung out and chilled and, and watched a bunch of football. So we had we had a good bye week, got rested up, uh, enjoyed a bunch of family time. And uh, yeah, it was great. That sounds that sounds incredible. 
Last part of our recap, let's get to our after the snap week seven clutch snap of the week. This week's after the snap clutch snap of the week goes to long snapper Zach Wood of the New Orleans Saints. He snapped for a 33-yard field goal with two minutes left in the game last night on Monday Night Football. It was an incredible game, and congrats to him and his special teams unit. Yep, congrats to Zach. Uh, Big-time snap on a primetime game. Those are always going to be top of mind when we look for the ATS Clutch Snap of the Week. So congrats to, to Zach, and like you said, Blake, congrats to his specialist room as well. Coming up after this, our interview with Los Angeles Chargers long snapper Matt Overton. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back. We are here with Matt Overton, long snapper for the Los Angeles Chargers, a 10-year NFL vet, most notably in Indianapolis, snapping for Pat McAfee and Adam Vinatieri. He also was in the Pro Bowl while he was in Indy, started off his career at Diablo Valley College, then on to Western Washington University, and has played for a few other teams since then. Matt, thanks for coming on our pod. man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So just jumping in, um, just wanted to get your feeling on how you guys' season is going. Uh, we know, uh, you know you've got uh, Justin at quarterback, one of Blake's good friends. I think they played together at the Senior Bowl. He's kind of leading the charge for you guys out there. How's, how's the season going as a team, and then how's, how's the specialist room going? Uh, it's going great, man. Um, you know, coming in here week two or week three of training camp, getting signed, and um, – just kind of just thrown in the fire real quick. Really had to learn a lot of guys' names. I mean, this is probably the first team I've been on where I hadn't played with anybody on the team. So just getting familiar with a, a young roster, new coaching staff. It's good to be back on the West Coast. I'm from the Bay Area, so close to home was was great. Definitely familiar with Ty Long, the punter. Just, you know, crossing paths, you know, the specialist community is so small. It's a little fraternity. So Knowing him, knowing Tristan, um, the kicker, and and Badgley that was here at the time, and Cole Mazza, knowing those guys was was uh, helped me a lot. Just kind of getting comfortable with uh, the room and and adjusted here at the team. But yeah, it's it's a it's a great locker room. It's very close knit, like you said, led by a, a really young, great quarterback and Justin Herbert, and you know, great receivers. You know, uh, Keenan Allen, and you got Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, running back, and Jared Cook at tight end. You know. A lot, of, a lot of veteran guys in that front. And then defensively and Joey Bosa and, and guys like that and Derwin James and 
got got some studs, you know. So um, it's been great. And first year head coach with Brandon Staley, and it's been awesome seeing him uh, kind of blossom into a, a head coach here in the league. And and love that guy to death. The team really rallies behind him. And you know, we've we just got off our bye, so we're at four and two right now. And uh, we've had a tough schedule so far, but uh, things are going well. And and uh, yeah, we're, we're playing good. We, we got we got our butts whooped last week by Baltimore, but you know that happens in the league, and and uh, sometimes you need that good uh, uh, ass whooping uh, to kind of get uh, get things going in the right direction. So uh, no, it's great, man. I, I love the room we're in. I, I'm now the uh, oldest guy in the locker room, which is uh, kind of that badge. Of that honor. was my next question. Yeah, yeah. So how I mean, is it? How is it being uh, so close? I mean, you're 36. Yeah. How is it being so close to like such a young head coach? It's crazy. I think Staley's 39. So he's got a couple years on me, but um, it's weird, man, because, you know, playing with Vinatieri, he was, he's 12 years older than I am. So regardless of my age, you know, having him there, just, you always felt young, you know? And um, he would always say like, being in the locker room just makes me feel young. I never feel like I'm 40 or 41 or 40, whatever his age was. He never felt his age. He's playing at a high level, um, but being around a locker room just makes you feel like a kid at heart. And that's kind of how I feel now. And and when guys ask me with my age, I kind of, you know, just jokingly say I'm 29, you know, but I'm not, I'm 36. I'm like, what? You're 36? I'm like, yeah, I am. So I got like, I think I got three years on chasing uh, Daniels. Uh, I think he's 33 or 34. So I got two or three years on him. Jared Cook, I think, is like 32 maybe. So I got a few years on these guys. Um, it's it's awesome, man. It's a, it's a blessing to be in that position to have kind of that leadership veteran role, you know, kind of taking young guys under my wing, whether they're a running back or, or a first-year linebacker or just helping guys adjust on special teams. You know, You know how it is. A lot of guys come out of college, never played special teams in their life. And you got to take those young guys under your wing and just kind of help them along. And um, it's been fun, man. It's a blessing and, and grateful to be here. Just kind of starting uh, at the beginning of your journey, um, it took you a handful of years uh, to kind of break into the league. Like Blake hit on earlier, you eventually started your career with the Colts. Um, can you kind of hit on kind of the resiliency aspect that it takes to kind of stay with it year by year after not, you know, after not not either not signing or not kind of achieving your dream or your maybe the goals that you had set for that year and kind of taking it into that next off season where you say, all right, here we go again. Here's another year of of tryouts or workouts and calling coaches and sending, sending tape in or whatever you can do and kind of the stay ready, like your hat, your stay ready mantra that you kind of um, trademarked over the last year or so kind of hit on, for for the guy for the young guys out there that like well myself that that took me a couple months to break into to Buffalo obviously, what's your mindset as as you go through those years when when it's not all going your way? You know, I went to a small. I went to junior college first. I went to a small Division two school at Western Washington, and I played linebacker and defense end started and long snapping was kind of that uh, ticket for me that uh, could potentially give me an opportunity at the next level. And that was always the dream was to play in the NFL. And I always had coaches say, Hey man, keep working on this long snapping thing. It's a, it's a good gig. And I know, you know, when I came out of high school, there was no like scholarships given us long snappers. I know things have drastically changed and there's, there's camps and rankings and all this crazy stuff. Kids get invited to the all-star games and 
you guys have experienced that. But uh, when I was coming out, there was no coaches out there. There was no camps. There was no anything. And so really, it was just all self-taught. I ended up enjoying doing it and fell in love with the craft of it. And, and um, you know, as my when I got to Western Washington, Mike Kanan was our kicker and punter, and he played for the Falcons for many years and, and the uh, Buccaneers. But it was his exposure um, to the league that got me exposure because I was snapping to him in his pre-draft workouts. And so um, when when one of the scouts said, hey, man, keep working at this. We're going to be watching for you. That was like, you know, that was the encouragement I need just to keep on working on it. So I started going to some like summer camps and whatnot. And long story short, you know, coming out of college, my drafter was 2007. And uh, I was picked up by the Seahawks for uh, rookie camp. And I was there for rookie camp, didn't sign, um, sat out um, the next few years to finish school. And fortunately, um, the UFL, United Football League, started up. And that's where I uh, was able to take my skill as a long, only a long snapper, not play anything else, and go uh, develop in that league. And, you know, guys like uh, Graham Gano played in that league and, and myself and Nick Sunberg and um, a handful of specialists that, uh, you know, have been playing a long time had that opportunity to play in that league that gave us the exposure and the opportunity to, you know, um, keep playing because really outside of, if you're not in a camp or a preseason or anything like that, I mean, there's really no opportunities. I mean, the CFL is, is a platform and Ty Long is a CFL guy, but there's not many guys that, um, go up there and, and play as an American cause they don't have those spots for us, you know? So, yeah, resiliency just kept going. And, and it was just, you know, whenever I go to a Coach Zahner's camp or something like that and, and do well and get good feedback, it just kept me motivated. And yeah, it took me it took me six years after my senior year in college to finally make the roster in Indy. And um, but be, in those in those six years, I was it wasn't like nothing was happening. I mean, I was I was in the Arena League one year. I played in the UFL for three years. So I was still playing and keeping my name relevant. I don't know if I would have lasted the full six years if nothing was happening between my senior year and, and the year I got picked up by the Colts. You know, it, it, those little stepping stones just kept me kept me going. And, and as you all know, there's only 32 jobs in the in the world at long snapper in the NFL. So our, our window of opportunity is open a little bit more longer than than most guys. And I think the specialist, you know, long snapping skill is so specialized that. You know, it just uh, takes some years to develop and, and get with a coach and work on blocking and pro style protection and all kind of stuff and perfect laces on field goals, all that stuff. Like I was never taught in college, had no idea about anything. So when, when I was in my first mini camp in Seattle, it was all over my head. Like, I don't know what a protection call is. I don't know what, how to get my laces right on field goal. I don't know anything. So um, it's pretty cool to look back and, and, you know, share my story with young guys because it does take some time for these guys to break in. And, you know, guys that are fortunate to get into it, even playing preseason as a rookie is a huge achievement. And so uh, telling these young guys like Ryan Langan, he was in camp with us in preseason. I'm like, dude, like you have no idea how incredibly far you've, you've made it in just a short period of time. And you just got to keep going, getting that film and, and, uh, being in a camp is a huge, uh, you know, huge experience for you, but going forward, like, just let that encourage you to keep going. And even guys that don't get picked up right away, just go to these camps in the off season and, and do what you can to get, get maximum exposure and just keep working and refining your craft because it's going to just take some time to, to possibly break through that door, you know? Yeah. it's funny, That's funny awesome. you say that, uh, you, that I know you were in camp in 07 with the Seahawks. Uh, we know Boone Stutes, yeah. Uh, when he, from when he was in Atlanta, he went to our church 
um, when we were growing up. So he, I were, I would work with him, but, um, I haven't talked to him in forever, but, uh, he was kind of one of the early, early, uh, guys that I looked up to, um, kind of when, when Blake and I started out snapping yeah. in middle school. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty, just a small tidbit, but once you kind of stuck in Indy, you had some success fairly quickly. You made it to the pro bowl in your second season snapping. So tell us what that experience was like and just any, any funny, cool stories uh, that might've come out of that. Yeah. I mean, when I look back at my time in Indy, you know, 2012, um, I was going against Justin Snow who had been there for, I think at the time, 11 years straight, Super Bowl champion, you know, obviously staple on that, on that team. And I was coming in when, you know, the Peyton Manning era was over. They had, he's moved on to Denver, new head coach, new GM with, um, you know, uh, Grigson and, and Pagano. And so I was coming in kind of at that right time. And, you know, this kind of goes along the lines of like, you kind of have to be pretty lucky when, with your opportunity. Some guys go to camp and know they, they have like no chance of making it sometimes. And then sometimes you're really in a good position where, you know, maybe they are looking for a change. And I, and I stepped into that opportunity where a whole new regime was coming in. They were possibly looking at, you know, bringing the younger guy in with Justin being in his 11th year. And, um, so I, I got to compete against uh, one of the best to ever do it, um, and he couldn't have been the, the, a greater guy to me. He really took me under his wing and, and uh, helped me a lot, you know, because there was a lot of mental struggles going in. Again, you know, just learning all the pro style stuff and and how to how to um, hold yourself together every single day and and how to not let one bad snap or a missed block, like just ruin your day or week. And, you know, I know snappers, we can hold on to those um, bad plays for a long time and not know how to flush it out and move on to the next one. And uh, learning from Vinatieri was, it was incredible. And and don't get me wrong. I was nervous snapping to the, to the goat, you know, cause I, you know, it all starts with the snap, you know, but having McAfee there and I mean, the three of us had an incredible friendship and relationship on and off the field. And, um, I think just the standard that Vinatieri brought every single day um, elevated everybody else that was around him. Um, obviously, McAfee had you know all pro seasons as well and Pro Bowl years and all that kind of stuff and broke some records and had some good runs and, and all that stuff. So I mean, I think just when you're around guys who the expectation level is so high and the standard is set so high and you really just have that championship mentality every day. Um, it just helps you, um, whether you know it or not, I think you just get better. You know, he just elevated my game a lot and just learning from those guys is, is fantastic. And on, I mean, you know how McAfee is. I mean, he's a, he's a huge personality and, and, uh, widely successful in his new gig he's got going on, but we had a lot of fun. Let's just put it that way. I mean, always funny, always, uh, always having a good time on off the field, doing pranks and jokes with our coaches are in the locker room. And Vinatieri was the same thing, man. Like he, they call him Gasolini because he'd always, you know, go out and do some funny stuff around the locker room and 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 just kind of uh, make fun of a lot of things and and uh, like a, like a kid at heart, you know, like I said. But when it was time to work, man, that switch just kind of flipped on and and we got the work in and all that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, I, I personally had some success. I mean, I, I you know, the the Pro Bowl thing was great. It was a huge honor, and just to kind of reflect on how long it took me to get to that point was cool. The 2014 season, I really feel like was um, just kind of like the highlight of my career when I look back. And that's when uh, Vinatieri and 
McAfee both were named all pro that year. Being a part of those, their guy, their success just was like, just made me feel really good. You know, just, it was cool to be a part of something special, something unique. And, and uh, so looking back, I mean, you know, those are the, those moments with those guys, whether it's game winning kicks or, you know, 45 consecutive straight field goals made and Vinatieri, you know, broke that record or set that record. Um, those are the, the moments that I, I look at and, and really be like, man, that's pretty cool to be a part of, you know? So yeah, my time there was great. I love those guys. I still keep in touch with them, uh, them today. And obviously Pat's got a great career going on right now. And then Vinatieri's coaching his young son, AJ, who's a beast at punter. And so he'll be, uh, you, you watch out for AJ Vinatieri coming out soon, man. He's he's a stud in high school right now. But um, yeah, those are those are great times. So we we obviously wanted to ask you about Pat, and and you know he's kind of got this character that he has off of the field with the you know now he's got the podcast and the radio show and and all the college game day and everything that he's done. Was he as crazy as a teammate as he is? as he seems off the field. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, he had that good balance, you know, he knew when to have fun, knew when to have, uh, kind of that, uh, that all, all business mentality going on, but his mind never shut down. And the, the cool thing about him is everything that he talked about, like five, six, seven, eight years ago is what he's doing now, you know? And, and, um, I just remember, you know, the three of us sitting at the breakfast table and he'd be like, you know, spitballing some stuff, some ideas. Like he was always creating content. Like he always tried to, he's an yeah, entertainer. He was always talking about, you know, wrestling, WWE, him wanting to do that and stand up comedy and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, he loved football. He loved competing, but he always said like, that's what I want to do. You know? And I think in 2017, when he decided to step away from the game, you know, everything kind of lined up for him to where he just felt like that was the right time to make that move. And, you know, a lot of people called him crazy. And, yeah, it was a crazy move because he could still be playing to this day at a high level and one of the best and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, but, you know, I could just – whenever I talk to him or whenever I just watch one of his shows or listen to him, I can genuinely hear, like, the joy that he has doing what he's doing. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we all know how much stress football brings upon us all and, and the grind of it. It's It's fun. The camaraderie is fun. But when you get to do something every single day that you genuinely love, that doesn't necessarily bring the stress and anxiety that maybe football brings, um, that's pretty cool. So he's definitely done a great job with that. I'm proud of him. And uh, yeah, he's he's funny as hell, man. I mean, it's it's the real deal. So it's cool. Uh, so I've got two questions kind of on the the mental side of things. I've I, I've kind of been on both sides of it. Blake has been on both sides of it. As you are signed to a team or entering a new team as the uh, the as the competition, instead of being you know you can be on the, you can be the competition or you can be the guy that's there. Obviously, they're bringing in yeah, competition, but we've all been on both sides. How do you how do you handle kind of being the guy that is on the team who they're trying to replace, and then how do you how do you handle both sides of it? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take it from the veteran standpoint to where you're the older guy that's been there and they're bringing in young competition for you. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look at it as a business, right? Everyone's trying to be replaced at some point, whether you're the Drew Brees, right, or the the, the face of the franchise, that, that time's going to come, right? Um, and so I think a lot of guys have to realize when that does happen, you just can't take it personal. I mean, it's not really adversity, but when you're faced with that challenge, when they are bringing somebody – and to possibly, you know, uh, take your job, 
or you have the, the, the competition throughout camp. As an older guy, I've always felt like, how cool is it for you to be able to just put your arm around that young guy and help him out, right? Don't, don't turn it into me versus you. Don't turn it into, I, I can't be cool with you. I can't be friends with you because you're trying to take my job. Like, I've been in situations like that and it just, it's very uncomfortable. It's not fun. And so as a veteran guy, I just feel like it's an honor that uh, you're in a position to help a young guy out because I was fortunate enough to be that young guy to have Justin Snow put his arm around me and, and kind of showed me the ropes. You know, Vinatieri was always the same when when uh, Parky was there, when Brandon McManus was there. I mean, all these guys that are now playing in the league at one point were competing with Vinatieri, you know, in camp. And uh, he always was the coolest. He was always uh, very helpful. So I, I try to tell guys, hey, man, like when you have young competition in, just you got to have fun doing it. You can't apply any more pressure than there already is. And you just have to be – you got to be a leader. You really got to lead. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, the organization's also looking at how you react and respond to them bringing in competition. Not just how you snap the ball, but just kind of how you carry yourself uh, personally kind of around that situation. So um, as a veteran man, like you just have to embrace it and um, not only do your best, but like help that young guy along. And then when you're, when you're the young guy, which I've been several times and you guys have too, like the pressure really isn't on you as much as it is the veteran guy, really. You just kind of have to go out there and, and learn as much as you can, be a sponge, soak up all the knowledge you can. If you're around a guy that's been snapping for you know several years in the league, why not take that opportunity to learn as much as you can from that guy, um, whether you're a punter or a kicker too, and just watch how they warm up, watch how they – train watch how they uh what they do in the lift the, the weight room what kind of notes are they taking in, in meetings like soak up all those little details because those are things that are going to help you and equip you to to be successful and then just have fun with the competition i mean at the end of the day like we're we're always competing against ourselves you know and and we can control what we can control and that's just how we approach each snap and each drill and each each game whatever that whatever it may be and and so um, as a young guy, just soak it up, man. Don't add any pressure on you because it is exciting. When it's your first camp, you got the juices phone, you got the you got the nerves going, you got your family and friends cheering for you, rooting for you, all kind of stuff. And there's a lot of outside noise that can really um, distract you from the task at hand. But um, just take it one day at a time, one snap at a time. And, and uh, again, like I said, just you got to learn. You got to learn as much as you can. And, and if you make it or not, if you don't make it and you walk away from that experience, at least you can take the tools that you learned and just go take it to the next opportunity or, you know, go uh, whatever you learned, go take that and apply it to your new training, your drills and all that kind of stuff. And then it's just going to make you better for the next opportunity. For sure. And then uh, follow up. How do you mentally uh, or is there anything specific that you do leading into a season? Okay. You know, you're the guy. It's you. You, the punter and the kicker, you got your three guys. Is there anything specific or special that you do going into a season that that has helped you over the last handful of years that you kind of developed early in your career that you carry with you now? I would say like my biggest thing now, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, when I was in Indy for five years, I got released in 2017 and became like that street free agent again. And really, I've been a free agent ever since. Seeking help and seeking coaching every offseason, I think, has been the, the biggest thing that's helped me just stay sharp, develop, grow as a snapper. Because I think early on in my career, 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was like content, but I, I don't think looking back, I really pushed myself to really elevate my game, um, whether it's protection or really dialing your laces on, on field goal and just being more consistent and accurate. And I think now, now that like social media is big and you have these camps like Coles and, and uh, Zoners and, and guys are getting together in the off season more, I think that's really helping guys develop and stay sharp because we all learn from each other. If you don't seek or don't allow yourself to be coachable um, and have somebody else see that what you can't see because our head is upside down between our legs, we can't necessarily see those little details. And I think when you surround yourself with guys in the off season that can maybe pinpoint something that maybe you can't recognize, that is widely and hugely beneficial to helping you develop. And so I think I wish I would have done that more early on in my career and spent more time around other guys, other snappers training. Like me and me and Luke Rhodes, we we get together periodically through the offseason and and it's great just being around other guys, being around what they're being coached, learning what they're doing and um you know, picking the brains of like Morgan Cox and some of these guys have been in the league for a long time like I mean that's huge. So I wish that I would have done that earlier in my career, but I think now it's just it's it's become um, every year I tell you guys all the time, like the, the work never stops. There's always something that you can find from the season that you just need to improve on whether it's footwork or, you know, just being more consistent in certain things. And um, so just, yeah, just always refining, never, never being content, always refining your, your craft and, and, uh, and making the off season fun and really, really not getting away, you know, taking the time away too much or too long from, your job because even though it's the off season, your job is still to be the best long snapper in the world. That's kind of what I've, I've taken over the past few years. We wanted to talk with you a little bit about your off the field endeavors. Um, you've done a lot in real estate, just when you haven't been signed onto a team, uh, you've got the bar in Indy, um, and then just some other commercial investments. Could you talk about those for us as well? Yeah. Um, so I'll go, I've always been pretty active, um, in the off season as far as like things that I like to do, whether it's, whether it's radio, um, I did some law enforcement training one year. Um, and it was tw- 2019 when I got, I got released from Jacksonville and I sat out the whole 2019 year. So I went and, uh, decided to get my, um, real estate license. Um, and, uh, I took some classes and got, got pre-licensed in the state of Indiana. It was a perfect opportunity for me because yeah, I was still training for football, but, um, I had the time in the fall to, to take my classes past it. And lo and behold, I passed my, uh, state license tests like the day that Jacksonville resigned me to go back to Jacksonville. So I got that done and then, uh, I became fully licensed, I think early, or late 2019, early 2020, uh, started buying and selling homes, working with a local broker, FC Tucker in Indy, and joining a team there. And then when I went to the Titans last year, I ended up getting my license um, in Tennessee as well. So I'm now licensed in Indiana and Tennessee. But real estate has always been my passion. And I started investing in um, properties probably around 2014, 2015. I bought that commercial space downtown Indianapolis and turn that into a tailgating venue, the blockhouse by the stadium. And I, I've since sold that and moved on. But um, early on, I was investing in properties and um, rental properties in Nashville. And, and so uh, I've always had that um, 
that interest um, and passion for that. And now that I'm licensed, it's, it's pretty cool because I'm, I'm still helping clients buy and sell homes um, while I'm playing. And so funny little side tidbit is I just helped Cole Maz's mom move from Bakersfield, California to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, so I got to help out Cole's mom and in, in her move and help her find a house. And so it's been fun. And a lot of guys in the locker room are interested in real estate. So, you know, I kind of have a little uh, wealth of knowledge on that side on how to help young guys, you know, you know, purchase their own first home, whether it's a townhome or condo or a rental property. So I, I like being uh, a, a helpful hand and, and uh, guys have questions with that in the locker room. And um, it's something that I can be flexible with. I can still train and be, and be a full-time dad and husband and still do this on the side. So it's fun. And outside of that, just doing a lot of charity work with uh, local uh, children's hospitals and uh, law enforcement um, stuff and training. Cause my, my brother is currently active. My dad's a retired captain. And then, um, then I got the stay ready brand that we started in the girl dad club, but I'll send you guys some stuff, but I uh, just having fun with that and, and really working with a lot of young snappers in the off season in, in Tennessee. Um, and so just kind of been mixing it up a little bit, but real estate's my, my main thing. It's my little side gig and, and then, uh, mentoring and, and working with these young kids in the off season has been fun too. That's great. Uh, and you, you kind of alluded to uh, my last question about uh, your baby girl. Obviously, we're I think we're roughly three, maybe four weeks apart. My, my, our, we were, our little girl, Blakely, was born April 11th. Um, so I think, yeah, I think you guys were yeah. just a shade ahead of us. But uh, any advice out there for, for, for new dads that might be listening? First and foremost, I'll tell you, it's the coolest thing ever. All the cliches. Couldn't agree are, more. I mean, it's it's all real. It's the sleepless nights, the the dirty diapers, the you know how to co-parent with your wife, how to like figure out like your strengths and you know complement it with hers. And um, my biggest thing too is like I have the greatest joy, and you could probably attest to this is like when I always had teammates who had their kids on the field or in the locker room or on the field at training camp. I saw, I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever to share that journey and experience, whether they remember or not, you still have those memories for a lifetime. And, uh, to have our baby girl at a game, see her up in the stands, wearing her like her little soundproof headphones or whatever. Like it's the coolest thing ever. And it, like, it really brings life into perspective. Um, all the things that I used to think that were cool and valued high and nothing compares to being a dad and having a kid. And so it's, I have so much joy coming home from work just to see her and hundred percent, whether it's a bad day or a a tough game or a tough loss, like seeing her smile when I get home, I just, you, you, you instantly forget what just happened. And now you're in the moment with your, with your baby. And it's the coolest. And having a girl is the coolest too. Like I know us guys want to have a boy first, whatever. I've always wanted a girl because my dad and my sister have a great relationship. And I love that, that daughter, father bond. And so when we had a girl, it was just, it was, I was ecstatic, but having her is the best and, and, uh, they change so fast and, but yeah, being, being a dad is, is honestly the coolest. I mean, loud and proud all day. There you go. I love Love it. it. So it's awesome, awesome, man. And I'm, I'm happy for you and your wife as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're having, we're having a blast. So I'm, I'm, I'm echoing everything you just said. Yeah. But advice, I mean, the, I guess the advice is really like being present in the moment because 
you know, the development changes so fast. Um, it is a lot of work. It's hard work. It's challenging, um, especially when they're going through their growth spurts and we're going through teething right now and sleep patterns and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you, sometimes you want to pull your hair out and bang your head against a wall because uh, you don't know what to do. But um, just being patient with it, being present and, and like being being a teammate with with your, your wife or your girlfriend in the matter is like incredibly important, you know? And, and so, um, just have fun with it because it's special and the time goes by, it's only been seven months for us, but it feels like we've had her for three years, you know? And, uh, it's, it's cool, man. Just enjoy the moment. Yeah. We, we had, uh, Pat scales on last week and he basically said the same thing. I asked him cause he's got two kids. I think he said they were maybe four and two or, or five and three. They're young, but uh, he said he said exactly what you said is just be in the moment yeah. and enjoy every second that you can get because um, he said his his family I think stays in Dallas during the season so he sees them on home games so he's yeah. he's kind of even more you know take advantage of those small tidbits of time that you get you know while we're away at work for you know six months out of the year just to just to enjoy enjoy everything you can. Well, the last thing we want to do is a little segment we like to call Quick Snaps, where we ask you some of our favorite questions, and then we also take some from our social media that we've gotten uh, specifically for you. So okay. uh, we will start with our questions first. First one is, what is your favorite away stadium? Uh, I, got a, I got a few. So this year, I got to play in Seattle for the first time as a pro, so... Playing in Seattle is crazy. You know, that was uh, that was one of the only stadiums that I hadn't played in yet. And it was only preseason, but it was fun. That's where, you know, I went to college up there. It's where my family's from. I always dreamed of playing in that stadium, and it was awesome. And uh, it's loud and crazy. And uh, But I would say for the most part, I mean, I, I like I, – I look back and I, I was very blessed to be able to play at Candlestick Park, which is no longer there, the old Niner Stadium. I grew up going to those games, being a Niners fan. I got to play at the Coliseum where the Raiders used to play. I went to several A's and Raiders games there. So I got to play in those old stadiums that are no longer around. And then Qualcomm in San Diego played there. Um, so those like historical old school venues, I got and to then, play. Which is and like then really, now really SoFi. Cool. I mean, and then now so- SoFi is to now. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. But like those, like those are more like um, – nostalgic kind of sentimental places that mean a lot to me going going back to indy is always special i love playing there but i think like for the most part i think um i've always enjoyed going to like more hostile environments lambo lambo is cool i mean that's awesome lambo is quite the experience but going to places like uh, i mean baltimore is kind of a hostile place to go to houston's super loud I'm trying to think of uh, – I'm excited to go to Vegas this year. Never been there. Buffalo's tough too because Buffalo's like always rowdy no matter what. <laughs> it's always. Like a college football game. Yeah, the, the weather much. is – you flip a coin, you'll get – the weather is whatever. Yep. It's going to be snowing in August. Yep. It's going to be beautiful in, in Denver. <laughs> you never know. And then, um, you know, just like – I just think the cool road road trips that are like, you know, the hostile environments and – and loud and crazy. Those are the cool places. Um, right, SoFi so, is cool, man. I, I think this is a cool spot to play. SoFi is really cool. So what's your what's your least favorite away stadium? Probably have to be a place that's like. Well, I would I would probably put Buffalo in there, right? Buffalo is one of those places <laughs> where like 
Oh, 30 mile an hour gusts. Right. Uh, yep. It might be snowing. You know, like Chicago's like that and yep. like Cincinnati. And those you gotta take the weather into Chicago, account. Cleveland, and Even Buffalo around yeah. just right there around the lake. You're getting yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, because no one likes to play in the cold. I don't care who you are. I mean, even <clears throat> even though you you've been in Buffalo now for several years, it's a mental thing. Yeah, you, it's gotta, like, you have to. Lo- I tell myself, I say you have to love it because yeah. it, you can't sit there and complain about. I tell like all the new guys that we that come in here, not specialists. I, I, I they're like, how do you play? After Halloween is really. I mean, we're it was it was forty degrees this morning when I woke up. So like, yeah. it's here on us right now, and they're like. Yeah. How do you play, you know how do you play in the cold? How do you get used to it? You don't really get used to it first of all. Yeah. And second of all, you just have to you it's a mindset. You have to tell yourself you're blessed to play here and you got to sure. love it. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You can endure anything for three and a half hours on a Sunday afternoon. You're right. So, that's that's kind of my Yeah. What is on your pregame playlist? Honestly, like I don't listen to oh, I listen to music on the bus. Um, I usually listen to worship music or sometimes I'm listening to like nineties grunge, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. Um, sometimes I'm listening to, I'm a classic rock guy. So usually classic rock, Van Halen, you know, um, ACDC, all that kind of stuff. I'm listening to that. But, uh, and then once I get in the locker room, I kind of just stay in my zone and kind of do my own thing. Um, but uh, music definitely on the uh, on the bus ride from the hotel to the stadium. All right, last two um, off season vacation spot. What's your what's your favorite vacay spot? Well, now that I'm uh, married with a kid, my uh, options are uh, a little limited. <laughs> so uh, before, I think it would just for for me just to go home, spend time with family. So when I was in India, come to California, go to Seattle, see my family there. Now we live in Nashville full time. So uh, we spend a lot of time together in Nashville and, and uh, we just try to take one of those trips, you know, whether it's early, like after OTAs or pre-training camp. We went to Hawaii last year. It was awesome. But um, really just kind of for me, it's being home uh, with my family is, is kind of my favorite vacay spot. Again, again, you'll, you'll, you'll see Reed as you uh, or Blake as you get older that um, life changes a little bit and uh, you don't have the freedoms that you once had before. So. <laughs> But you're in Miami too, so I mean, you may not even want to leave. So <laughs> I don't know. All right, last question, and this is something that came up as a result of Reed's game in KC two weeks ago. Uh, they had a long rain delay where they started talking about the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the locker room and how that there is a specific ratio to how much peanut butter versus how much jelly on a PB and J sandwich. Do you have a specific ratio or a preference? Are we talking about like an encrustable that you're eating in the locker room or like somebody that home homemade homemade PBJ. What's your, I'm firm like 60, 65, 35 peanut butter. I was going to say 60, 40 peanut butter. Yep. Um, ours ours in the locker room are like a little bit more, a little bit more peanut butter. Um, but for me, it's gotta be strawberry jam. So that's that's gotta be strawberry. Yeah. Yeah. Ours, ours that at halftime that night were like pushing 80, 80 with the peanut butter, 80 peanut butter. That's like stick to the roof of your mouth. Yeah. It was, you can't can't enjoy it. You might only take a few bites. Yes. I'm going to go 60, 40, 60, 40. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. This has been an absolute blast for us. Um, hopefully we'll get to have you on again at some point, but, yeah, uh, good luck with the rest of the season 
and um, just all the blessings to you and your family and your and your new baby girl. Thanks, man. Good to meet you finally too, Reed. Good to see Absolutely. you, bud. And uh, man, I, I got to get some fumble recoveries like you, bro. <laughs> that was nice. That was nice. Appreciate that it. That was good. Yeah, I Thank see you, you Matt. Around all the time, man. I, I see you down there. <laughs> yeah, keep it up, boys. I appreciate y'all. Well, we want to give a huge shout out to Matt Overton for coming on the pod this week. We had an absolute blast with him. You can follow him on social media at Matt Overton underscore LS on Twitter and on Instagram. He's very active on social media and a great follow on both platforms. You can also follow us at After the Snap Pod on Instagram and Twitter as well. We will be giving periodical updates on uh, who we might have on the pod th- that particular week um, and other news. So uh, give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter. And as always, give us a subscribe and a rating on iTunes and Spotify. This has been After the Snap, tales from two brothers who live life upside down.